Something that's been stirring in my heart for a while is uh, the subject of deepening relationships. And, uh, you know, relationships take time to happen. It's not something that just happens overnight. Um, I like to give this example. Sometimes I've given it in the announcements. But uh, when we first came to Massachusetts and uh, when we first began to go to the retreats that we had, the regional retreats, uh, we did not know anyone. And so when, uh, uh, there were maybe a couple people that I recognized, but as far as like really knowing people well, we didn't know anyone. And so uh, year one, you know, you're just like, oh, you're meeting lots of people and it's fun just to, you know, meet people. But then over the years, the ones that, um, well, we faithfully, we did not miss any. We, we went to every retreat ever since that we've been able to. Um, and you begin to build relationships with people. And the ones that come every year, you know, you get that chance to really deepen those relationships. You know, there are some that come, you know, I, I remember there was one uh, that I, I thought was real interesting to talk to and I never saw them again. So you can't deepen that relationship. <laughs> it was a one and done. <laughs> And then uh, there's some people that come like oh, every other, every, you know, every few years you see them. And so, you know, it, it, it's not the same as the ones that come every single year. And you get to talk with them every single time you go. And it, you just, those relationships just get stronger and stronger and stronger. And the same with the district meetings that we would go to as well. You know, there are certain people that you're like, you know, you know them and you just feel like, you go to everything and, and you just feel like you connect with them, you know, because you're in the boat together, you know. And so uh, there is something about faithfully being where God has you to be. And when you're in faithfully attending certain things, he is connecting and knitting hearts together. And uh, but like I said, it, it's something that doesn't happen that the first time I went, those relationships, those people that I met, the relationship was about this deep, you know, because all you are doing is getting that introduction. But as you just keep going and going and going, those those roots start to develop. And and now you feel like that's someone that you can trust and that you can talk to. And, you know, uh, th there's a connection there. And um, I'm, I just am, uh, the, the older I get, the more I realize how important that time is with relationships. You know, if you are going down a path, you know, there's people that were in my life when I was in high school. I don't have anything, any running into them. I, I don't see them. I'm in a different state. I don't have that connection with them anymore. My life has gone on. And so those relationships that I had with those people during that time, it's not the same now because I've gone on with my life. But then there's people that I went to college with that I still uh, connect with a little bit. And, you know, when we see each other, it's like, hey, how's everything going? You know, it's been many years that we have known each other, maybe not. Uh, real super close because again we're not in the same proximity but you know there's that familiarity I've known that person for so many years 
and then, uh, you know, it goes on and on and on. But, you know, uh, your spouse, now that's a connection that you have with someone that you do not have with anyone else. There's nobody else that's going to have that deep of knowing the good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> and they chose to stick with you. <laughs> And so when that happens, there is something about that that ends up being over years, you're, you know, uh, you, you just are like, wow, that's pretty good. You can trust that person because they didn't run the other way. You know, they stuck with you. And so that is a, is a type of relationship that can grow deeper with time. Um, you know, God did not intend for us to live life alone. He, he meant for us to have interaction. And if we look at Genesis 2.18, um, it says that the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now, in this case, he's talking about Eve. But in general, God realized that it is not good for man to be alone. We are not meant to walk through life without um, fellowshipping with other people, without being around other people. And so uh, it is important to take time to, to manage those relationships, to nurture those relationships with people. You know, sometimes um, interaction with other people can be hurtful. And so when that hurt comes, it tends to make you kind of want to draw into yourself and and you don't want to keep giving out because you're afraid you're going to get hurt and uh, that that's okay to guard your heart it's okay um, you know to be watchful in fact uh, proverbs 4 23 tells us to keep your heart pure for out of it are the important things of life we it's okay for us to guard to watch over to protect our heart that is an okay thing to do because, you know, it, it's with time that trust is earned. It, time allow, allows you to uh, test the character of the person that you are potentially being friends with, you know. Uh, there are certain people that it's just better for you not to be friends with, just to be, bla you know, just, just put it out there like that. But then there's other people that in the beginning, you know, maybe it's a little awkward and a little bit, you know, you're, you don't know them, they don't know you. But as you keep going, um, all of a sudden you hit this thing where you're like, oh, man, we have this in common. <laughs> and it's something that you can talk about and you can enjoy one another on that. And so I'm going to take a little bit of a detour. And I'm going to talk a little bit about relationships um, the foundation of relationships. And I'm going to talk a little bit to singles because this is um, dealing with marriage a little bit. Um, you know, you want to let God lead you. A lot of times when you're lonely, it just is one of those things you're like, is God ever going to bring the right person across my path? What is taking him so long? But you want to take you know, allow him to put you in the right place. You know, you are continuing, while you are waiting, you are continuing to develop yourself for marriage. Um, Jim uses this illustration some. You are running down the football field, 
and you are preparing to catch the football. <laughs> you know, and you, um, you may not be able to see everything because of all the activity that's going on the field. There's people that are blocking the way that you wouldn't necessarily be able to see exactly where the quarterback is, but you're running and you are getting to be in the place where you need to be so that when that football is thrown, you're able to catch it. And so life, there's so many things in our life that are like that. We can't see exactly where we're going or why we're going this way, but we keep preparing ourselves. And then when we are ready and we're in the right place, we're able to receive that, uh, catch that football. We're able to be in the right place to meet that right person. And our heart is ready to be able to um, see the value of that person. You know, there are sometimes that uh, there are people that are very, very good, valuable people, very strong, stable, but maybe not as flashy. And if you're looking for flashy, you know, <laughs> but you don't need flashy because you're flashy enough. <laughs> you need that <laughs> stable, <laughs> you know, and uh, opposites attract for a reason. <laughs> And so there are times that God is preparing our hearts and helping us. You know, there's sometimes when you're, when you're in high school, a lot of times you're, you know, things are pretty surfacey. You're looking at looks. You're looking at um, popularity, all those kind of things. And, and some of those people that you thought were really, really cool in high school, you're, you know, later on in life, you're like, thank God that that was not my path. <laughs> And you find out later on, but in high school, it looked really, really cool. So we're, we're running our race and, um, and, and getting in the right place. And one of the things as a single that's so important is that we do um, the things the way that God would have us to do. You know, you're, this is such an important thing, and you want to be able to enjoy that relationship that you've been desiring for so long. And so you're preparing yourself for that. One of the things that God says to do his way, if you look at 1 Corinthians 6.18, this will be just a short part of the sermon. <laughs> just a short part. But it says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he commits, he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. You are a treasure. You are important. You are a gift that you are giving to your spouse. And when you freely give your body to anyone you date, you are actually hurting yourself. You are hurting yourself. You are taking a step backward from the relationship that you truly desire to be in. And so that's something to just keep. God is not telling us these things uh, to hold us back from having fun and to hold us back from what he has for us. But he's putting these things in place because he is trying to get you to be ready to catch the real football, <laughs> ready to make the touchdown in life that he has for you. And um, sometimes, you know, people will, uh, they, they are when they're giving up freely of their body, it's because they are afraid that if they don't, they're going to lose this person that they're dating. And rather than trusting God, they're trying to take 
um, hold of matters themselves and try to make it work in and of themselves. And really, if you're trusting God, you know, that, you know, if you're thinking to yourself, well, they may break up with me if I, if I don't do this, well, then maybe that's not a good fit for you. Maybe that person is not right for you. You want to have somebody that is going to treasure and value you and is going to go to great lengths to, uh, to be with you. And uh, if it's all just the physical, then maybe there's not the kind of depth that you're really looking for. And then once you get physically involved, you know, it's a, it's a lot harder to see clearly. Um, you begin uh, having a harder time hearing the voice of God because your soul is now connected with this person. And, you know, there's just fleshly desires that begin to override the leading of God. So his voice begins to be harder and harder to hear because if he's telling you to break up, you're like, but I like this. <laughs> I don't want to break up. And he knows down the road what's going to happen. And so we want to be keen to be able to hear clearly when we're dating what he is telling us. Is this a good fit? Is this not a good fit? Because then we can avoid a lot of um, situations down the road when we uh, are laying that foundation very, very strong. And so um, if you are in high school, and we tell our kids this all the time, if you're not planning on getting married right outside of high school, you know, the day after you graduate, there's not a whole lot of reason to date because dating is actually getting you prepared to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright and get married. And, uh, you know, if you are dating around, it leads to heartbreak. And it also can um, hurt your self-esteem. It begins to make you feel like there's something wrong with you because you have this sense of rejection from somebody that, you know, decided that they didn't want to go out with you anymore, you know. And uh, so this is something, if you can keep things on a friendship level, then you never have to break up. <laughs> And then you can be friends the whole way through high school and you can keep going on. And then, you know, your friends don't have to be mad at his friends or vice versa. You know, all the little drama that goes on in high school, all because a lot of it is centered on dating. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not uh, saying that, that this is a thus saith the Lord, but I'm just saying practically it's okay to talk to your children and, and, and explain these things to them that, you know, they don't want to just uh, dating, uh, just can, for the sake of dating, you're, especially if people are starting to get physically involved with one another, it just leads to heartbreak. And that's not the way that God intended relationships to be. So we want to start off a marriage on as strong a foundation as we possibly can. We want to know uh, when we're dating someone that, hey, is this what you would have for me? Is this is the next step marriage with this person or not? So you can take it slow. And, uh, and I'm not saying slow as in um, that it has to be five years that you're dating someone. I'm saying slow in the sense of 
physically entering into a relationship with someone. Doing things God's way is going to bring a blessing. It's, it's not a curse. It's not trying to hold you back, like I said, on those things. And, uh, okay, we'll move on from there. <laughs> All right. You know, um, friendships that, uh, that you keep over time, they get sweeter. They just, you know, you can trust that person. They've, they've been with you. Again, they've stuck with you. Marriage is the same way, you know. If, if um, the, that person that you've married, they've, they decided not to leave you. They've decided to stick with you all this time. You know, that God intended that for us to have it, friendships and, different, and, and marriage as a way to express his love to one another and encourage uh, each other the way that he does. But this gives us somebody in the natural for us to be able to experience that love with as well. Let's look at Ephes or Ecclesiastes 7, 8, and 9. It says, um, finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. Control your temper for anger, anger labels you a fool. What I, the, that I want to focus in on this is that finishing is better than starting. You know, uh, when you first, like I said, when we, when we first met people, the relationship is about like this deep. But the further that you go, the more that time that you have invested in a relationship that deeper that relationship becomes, it becomes sweeter and sweeter to you. It, that friendship becomes, you, you can trust them. They're there for you. You're there for them. Uh, Ecclesiastes 7, 8, um, I think this is the New King James, that the end of a thing is better than its beginning. Isn't that sweet? You know, you, you, you're looking to develop friendships like that where you're ending, it, you're just going on that path, you're helping each other run your race together. Uh, the message says, uh, endings are better than beginnings. Sticking to it is better than standing out. The, the Living Bible says, finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. Isn't that good? A lot of work, it, it takes a lot of work to have a friendship. It doesn't just come. You have to cultivate it. You have to develop it. It's not something that uh, just falls on you. It really, you know, um, you have to stay focused on what you want as your end result, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a friendship. Where, where do you want this to go? Where do you want to be with this? And so uh, you're one of the things that you are doing to, de to deepen that relationship is you're choosing to walk in love with that person. Uh, nobody is perfect. We all know that. And there are times that we have to overlook other people's flaws. There are people in our lives that everybody in your life is going to be flawed in some way. And, and you have to decide, is this a friendship that I want to keep? Or is it a friendship? Is it worth saving? And, you know, there are, there are certain people that it is better not to be in a relationship. 
you know, it's just not healthy for you. And it's just good not to be in that relationship. But then there's others that just, yeah, they're going to be flawed and they're going to say things that you don't like and they're going to do things that you don't like, but you overlook it. And First uh, Peter 4, 8 says that above all things have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. And anyone that is married knows this so vividly. <laughs> love covers a multitude of sins. You know, even if the other person isn't meaning to do something wrong, you can be, um, you know, you can read it wrong. You can take it wrong. And that's not even the way that they desired it to be. And so there are times that we just have to um, just be like, okay, I'm going to let that one pass. <laughs> I'm going to walk in love here. I'm going to let that pass and keep going on. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as, a man, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. I'm going to read that also in the Amplified. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. You know, sometimes, you know, it can be a heated discussion. <laughs> sometimes it's uh, a lovely discussion, but sometimes it's heated depending on what the subject is. But as you work through different things, you know, you're not, you don't know everything. Your way isn't the only way to do something. And as you are walking with another person and there's this friction that is taking place, you are actually having the ability to kind of, uh, you know, smooth out your rough edges. That other person is smoothing out your rough edges and invite, you know, you're smoothing out their rough edges as well. Uh, I like also the Living Bible on uh, Proverbs 27, 17. A friendly discussion is as stimulating as the sparks that fly when iron strikes iron. You know, so a friendly discussion. <laughs> There's times that we learn so much just by communicating with other people. I mentioned, you know, going to these retreats that we go to. Um, you learn a lot by other people's experiences. And so when you're talking with them and they're telling you different things that they've experienced the previous year, uh, you know, you have this opportunity to see how they've done things or, or maybe how God showed them to walk through certain things. And you're, you're getting information just by communicating with somebody else on that. And that can be such a blessing. Um, to not have to just figure everything out for yourself, but to be able to learn from other people. You know, when you are a good friend, you cannot be centered just on yourself. And uh, that's, you know, not always easy because you know what you want. <laughs> and so when you're, when you're in a relationship with someone else, you have to uh, be willing to... For it to be a two-way street, which means that sometimes it's a give and sometimes it's a take, and you know, uh, you're you're balancing that. There are certain relationships that will always stay as an acquaintance. Now that it just will not deepen, and you know that's okay. It you don't have to be hurt or offended if somebody 
if you want the relationship to go deeper and that person doesn't want to, that's okay. There's more than one fish in the sea. <laughs> and so there are other people that can be brought into your life that God is bringing to you so that you can have deeper relationships and friends um, that, are, that go deeper than just that acquaintance. And when you strive to walk in love people, with people, you will find that people want to actually be around you. You know, um, they feel accepted and in turn will be more likely to accept you as well. I can remember there was a time when I uh, made a conscious decision that when I go into uh, certain meetings or certain things that I, I'm going to be the one that's the giver. I'm going to go in and I'm just going to love on people and I don't care if they love me back or not. I'm just there to be a blessing, to just uh, share the love of God no matter what and just be um, used of God. And when you do that, uh, rather than being negative, you know, you find that people appreciate. They don't, they don't know if they can trust you if you are negative because they don't know if, if you're going to be negative on them and you're, you're going to potentially knock them down just like they heard you knock somebody else down. And so we have to be a little bit careful on some of those things. And I know like in high school, I can remember, you know, you're trying to fit in and, and so there's an easy target person and everybody's talking bad about this person and you know you want to fit in and so you just join in and and you know make fun of the person too and then that poor person you know just feels really bad about themselves because you're probably being used to say exactly all the things that they feel bad about themselves and you're pointing it out you know and I realized as as I grew up a little bit that you know you don't have to do that you don't have to um, you know, fit in at the expense of somebody else. There's no reason to do that. You can, if you are confident in who you are, you don't have to put anyone else down. If you're confident in who, in how God sees you and how he loves you, you don't need to go around and make anyone else feel bad about themselves because who is the one that's the accuser of the brethren? It's the devil, and we don't want to be used of him. We don't want to be the voice that's in someone's head that whenever they are, you know, feeling a little insecure, they're hearing our voice and what we've said. <laughs> you know, we want to be the one that when God is encouraging them and telling them, yes, you can do it, they're hearing our voice. <laughs> you know? Go, you got this, you, you're, you're going to win, you're going to overcome, you know. And uh, there have been times where I've had to really just ask God for, for boldness to go in, into settings. You know, sometimes uh, you can feel like you don't know everybody, you don't know what's going to happen in a certain setting, and you can feel nervous. And there's times where I'm just like, Lord, in and of myself, I, I don't want to go, <laughs> you know. And, but I'm supposed to go, and I know I'm supposed to go, and I just ask you to give me the boldness that I need to get through this. And then help me to be able to see the good. You know, you don't need help to see the bad. 
because even if you don't see it, there's somebody there to point it out for you. <laughs> but there are times where you need help to see the good. Help me to see what, how you see this situation. Help me to uh, look at this the way that you would look at this. Help me to look at this person the way that you see them. You know, it's really easy when somebody exhibits um, certain negative behaviors to just be like, that. there's no hope for that person. <laughs> it's really easy to just kind of push them aside and say, well, uh, they're, they're too far gone. But then there's times where, you know what, you just, in spite of what it looks like, you feel you're drawn to that person. And you're like, God, help me to see this person the way that you're seeing them. You know, help me to cut through that um, uh, obvious, you know, way of looking at them and help me to see them the way that you want them to be seen. Help me to love them the way that you would love them. And again, I'm not saying that that means that they become a part of your uh, inner circle, but they are somebody that is valuable to God, and you're looking for ways to esteem and value them the way that, that God esteems and values them. You know, there have been times um, that I've noticed that, you know, you open, you're, you're walking in love, you're trying to do things the way that God has for you to do them, and you're trying to have that door open so that people can walk through it and be friends with you and you be friends with them and they don't ever walk through that door <laughs> and you're like you know that can hurt because rejection hurts you know when people um, hold you at an arm's length don't let you come close and you would like to you think they're cool but maybe they don't think you're as cool <laughs> you know and you're like sometimes that can hurt and you have to choose not to let their, their opinion define you. And that is not always easy. And how do you choose not to let that opinion define you? It's to keep your eyes on Jesus. What does he say about me? How does he view me? How does he view the path that I'm on? He thinks I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. And there's just times where you have to just keep confessing that because it seems like there is nobody else in agreement. <laughs> and there are just times where you're just like, no, the Bible says this, and so therefore I am. And you just keep going down that path. And I know like sometimes there's, you know, as a pastor's wife, there are sometimes opportunities that I've had to just be like, okay, God, I thank you that you value and you esteem me. <laughs> I thank you that, uh, you know, everybody has those opportunities, don't they? they? If you look at your life, there are opportunities that you, you are like, okay, thank you, God, <laughs> that you don't see me the way I perceive this person seeing me. <laughs> you know, and keeping your eyes on Jesus allows you to continue to reach out uh, despite you know, the hurt and the rejection you may have felt at different times. You can reach out despite what you get in return. You know, being able to focus on who he is and the greater one is inside of me and his love is on the inside of me means that I can love whether I receive love or not. 
I can still walk in love with people. And you just keep going, and you just keep being where God wants you to be. You just keep sharing his love. And you know what? The majority are going to respond favorably. You know, usually um, it's just a few that don't respond well. And those are the few that you have to be careful that you don't focus on. You have to focus on the fact that God loves you and he's using you and your life is valuable and you stay there no matter what. Uh, the, the, the devil will be there to bring back people's voices and to, you're, you're not going to make it. You're not going to do this. You're, you're not going to succeed. And you are staying. It is a fight to stay in that place like, no, that's not what the word says about me. And I'm going to choose the word over the voice. I'm going to choose what God says over what uh, is trying to get me off track and off course. You know, one thing that God uses very much in our lives is our church family. And, you know, there is one area that you have to be really careful um, not to uh, lose that church family. It's Because the devil is one that likes to divide. He will try to divide us. But God put us purposefully in a church family so that we can be bold and centered on the plan of God that he has for us. So he will hook you up with a church family because he knows that that's the group of people that if you run with them, you're going to go and do great and mighty things for him. But you have an adversary at the same time that is going to try to divide you from that group of people. And so he will uh, do that by um, helping you to see all the negative. <laughs> he will help you see where this isn't right, where that isn't right, you know, where, well, why are they doing it like this? You know, well, you know, well, why, why did that person not smile at me? you know, for the fifth time, <laughs> you know. And then before you know it, there's this wedge that's starting to be divided. And then if you're not careful, that wedge becomes, well, I don't want to go to church because I don't think anyone there likes me. You know, and there's, there becomes these things that the devil will use to try to separate us. But Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says, um, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. If there's ever a time where the day is approaching, we are closer. Yes. <laughs> we are closer than they were 100 years ago. We are closer than they were when they were walking with Jesus, we are closer to that day approaching. And so we are not supposed to forsake gathering together. And there's been all sorts of things that have tried here to stop the gathering together. We had COVID. <laughs> Churches were shut down all over the United States. And you were told you can't go to church. You can't assemble together, you know. And some people stuck with it, even though the ban was lifted. <laughs> and they stayed away. <laughs> but you know what? God says it's important. It's important. Why? Because we stir up love. 
We stir up love when we get together. We stir up good works. You know, it's really hard to stay self-centered if you come to church and you are trying to give and outgive everybody love. You know what? When you're coming in and you're like the one that's entering the room saying, okay, who can I love today? <laughs> I'm not coming to church because I want to feel good about myself, which will automatically happen, but I'm coming to church to see who I can bless. Who can I give to? How can I help out? When you have that kind of attitude, you are going to um, receive a blessing. You will receive. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 2, and 3. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Whoa! <laughs> I have to let you be human? Wow, that's, that's intense because you know what? Sometimes that fault really angers people, you know? You're like, oh, you're really that way? That just ticks me off. <laughs> but we are supposed to allow someone to be, to have things that we don't like. We have to be able to overlook their fault. We have to walk in love which covers a multitude of sins. Wow. So we are making allowance for each other's faults because of our love, because the love that's inside of us, that's been shed in our hearts. You know, there are times where you can just tell that maybe someone's having a bad day because they'll just walk right by you. <laughs> they don't even look up. <laughs> They're just like, I don't want to talk to you today. <laughs> You're just like, okay. <laughs> And sometimes you can take it personally and say, what did I do? And sometimes it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> sometimes it has to do with them. They're just having a bad day. They had a bad dream or something, woke up on the wrong side of the bed, and they're just having a bad day. And so we have to overlook people's faults. We have to, to just be like, you know what? It's not always about me. Let's look at verse 3, uh, Ephesians 4, 3. Make every effort to keep yourselves united. Wow, that's work. To keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Wow, that is not as easy as it is to read. <laughs> you can read that, you can gloss over that, be like, but to keep yourselves united. We're talking about deepening relationships. When someone feels hurt, a very natural tendency is to run, is to leave. But you know what? When you do that, that relationship is no longer deep. It's, it's broken. It's gone. It's over. You know, uh, I think about this. You know, when you quit on something, like if, if you quit on a marriage, you have to start all over. You know, and you're like, oh, I've got to learn somebody else all over again, you know. But if you stick with uh, something and you keep working at it and you end up figuring out, okay, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to overlook this. I'm, and they're overlooking a ton with you too. You know, you, if, if you get too haughty about it and be like, you know, I have a lot of overlooking to do, you know, so do they. 
they have a lot of overlooking to do as well. So you might as well overlook together and have a deep relationship. <laughs> Just keep going. Same with the church family. Same with the church family. You're going to have to overlook. You're, you're, you're not going to ever find a church that's perfect. You're never going to find a pastor that's perfect. You're never going to find volunteers that you're working with that are perfect. You're going to have to do a lot of overlooking. <laughs> but when you do that, those relationships deepen. And a trust is there. You begin to trust that person because you know what? They've been uh, with you for 10 years. And you're like, wow, if they can stay 10 years when you see people that can't stay three months, there's this connection that begins to happen. And you're like, OK, well, God. <laughs> you know, you, you, you feel this drawing that God is using, um, he, he's, he's, he's knitting hearts together because there's a purpose, there's a plan that we're doing together. Let's look at, at Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Um, let's just do the, the New Living Translation. We'll start on that one. Two are better, than, or better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. The, the devil is in the business of isolating. He wants you by yourself. Because you know what? When he attacks you, it's a lot easier for you to say, okay, I quit. When he attacks your body, it's a lot easier to say, oh, I just can't do it. I can't make it. But when you have people supporting you and say, no, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You're going to win. You're going to overcome. It is a lot harder to fail. It's a, a lot harder to fall off. And so uh, let's look at that again. I'm looking at uh, verse 10. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. That's what the body of Christ is. We're reaching out and helping one another. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? You know, I'm, I'm serious. I, we are in a time where there is, it is so easy to be isolated. You've got your phone. You've got your TV. You can be in a group of people and be alone because you can just look at your phone all by yourself, even though you're surrounded by lots of people. You can be on a train, and it's crowded like a commuter train, and you're going somewhere, and yet you can be alone because you're staying focused right in where you are. You know, a person, let's look at verse um, 12. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three, can, uh, three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. We don't want, in our relationships, to be standing front to front shooting each other. That kind of defeats the purpose. But instead, you're back to back, meaning you can see whatever's coming this way, they can see whatever's coming this way, and then you are much more protected because you know 
where the enemy is and what's coming at you. And together, you know, you're fighting off. This one person's fighting off on this side. You're fighting off on this side. God wanted us to be together. He wants us to have companionship. He wants us to have church family. And this bit of, I, I'm going to stay home today. I'm going to, I don't want to go to church today. I'll just watch it on TV. It, praise God. There are times where, you know, your, your kid is sick and you can't, you can't make it. But we want to be careful because it's easily, it's easy to slide. It's easy to get out of the habit of communing with one another. And again, we're talking about deepening relationships. You know, there are certain people that never miss. And so there's this relationship you can have with them because every time they're there, you can talk to them. Even if you miss one time, you can catch them the next time because they're always there. That allows a strengthening of that relationship, a deepening that can take place because you're communicating every time you see one another. And so if you, if you find yourself where it's easy to start sliding in, well, I don't really feel like it today. Oh, I can just miss this one time. You have to be careful because the adversary, who is the devil, is walking around as a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. You don't want to be the one he's devouring because you're isolated, because you're alone. You don't want it to be where you're giving him a place. Or worse, you're giving him a place in your family, in your children's lives, because they see mom and dad go every once in a while whenever they feel like it. You want them to see mom and dad. They never miss. And so they grow up. You've had 18 years of every time the church door is open, you're there. It's a lot harder for you to start missing when that's been in ground in you. Even if you miss, you know, you slide off for a year or something because you went off to college or something, all of a sudden you, you can't get away from it. You're, that's who you are. You're like, oh, I can't miss church. I have to go to church. <laughs> so um, anyways, uh, we, we want to make sure that we, that we are doing what God has for us to do to deepen relationships, deepen relationships with our, with our church family, deepen relationships with friendships that he's brought in our life, deepen relationships with our marriages. You know, we want to have the kind of marriage that God intends for us to have. And it's not easy. It takes a lot of work, but, you know, it, it, is, it is available. You know, to say that, well, I just can't have a good marriage. I, there are some that, you know, you, you look at the outside and you're like, I, I see why you're saying that. <laughs> I get it. I understand. But God, he, he does say that he is working on our behalf. He is working with us. And, in, and, and we can ask him for wisdom in relationships. Ask him uh, you know, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a church people, you know, you're asking him, help me, God, to see things the way that you see it. Help me to find the good. Help me to look for that rather than being distracted and easily offended and easily seeing the negative. <laughs>